Praise God. I know that's right. No matter how hard it gets. Thanks for calling home for me. We haven't finished yet. There's so much of life ahead. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Um, Praise God. Would you take my black card if I told you that's as much as I knew of the song? Would you take my if I don't know whose song that is? You're nuts. I lowkey thought it, I lowkey thought it was a um, thing, a theme song. It is not. Got it. What is this? Where's this it's from? It's when Mace came back to hip hop. Oh yeah. I um, was thinking Little Bow Wow. So I guess ooh. all of our cut cut the <laughs> cameras, <laughs> cut ooh. the mics off. Never said okay, that. that is a question I'd be asking in my um, rapid fire round. If someone could take your black card, what would it be for? Mm. If someone could turn up black card, what would it be for? I love mayonnaise. Whoa. I like mayonnaise too. Is that like not a black I thing? need I need to get over my disdain for mayonnaise. <laughs> but in Undercover Brother, they said that mayonnaise was a tool of the man to assimilate the Negro. So Okay. <laughs> I've definitely I think that's true. I I can see places where I've been assimilated and mm-hmm. assimilating, so Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I don't like watermelon. Is it like a black thing? Yeah, that's a bit crazy to me. I just Why? Like it's too much of a tax to eat. All the seeds everywhere. I'm good. Like, Why don't you do seedless? Because that, that was a white thing. I thought white people only did seedless. Is that not a white I don't thing? know about that. I just know it's not natural. Like that's a oh. genetically thing. Got I think it. I'm oversharing at this point. <laughs> 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 Mine would be that I did not even know what wings were. Like hot wings until like my junior year in high school. Sophomore. I don't Sophomore. get it. <laughs> I didn't know that they made miniature wings that were tossed in sauce. What? I don't know. I, don't, like, what? <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know about American Deli. Okay. I discovered this on an ad trip from my high school newspaper. We went out and we got lunch. Let's go to American Deli. And I was like, oh, we see that store. Don't nobody want no sandwiches? <laughs> oh, but you're from Atlanta. Oh, so Delhi. I'm from Georgia. Okay, mm-hmm. I get it, Delhi. Mm-hmm. That was a that's a smart conjecture. Like yeah, Delhi sure, 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 sure. And then sandwich. They, they said they were going to get 15 wings, and I was like, Do you know how big in my brain? But I'm with upperclassmen riding in that car, so I'm trying to play it cool. And when I was like, Damn, oh, they must gonna be. It's a plate for everybody. He ordered 15 wings, so we could all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the only wings Imagine I knew. Several people sharing 15, 15 wings. wings. That's the name of the episode, 15 Wings. Okay, well, <laughs> right. there's that. There's mine. Maintenance oh check. Maintenance That's the maintenance check? check? Nope. Oh, I'm, about to I'm say. asking for it. <laughs> Y'all, uh-huh. I'm going to give you my maintenance check. Because okay. if my son wanted to tell me he hated me, he could have just said that. Okay. <laughs> my son is having some weird English. So we were at my birthday party. Mm-hmm. He goes, Mommy, what's going on? It looks like you're about to have another baby. What? Kids. I was like, you know what? I'm done. All the self-care check, trying to, I'm done. I'm done. I'm ready to. So we are in Tristan's very honest phase right now. Mm-hmm. It's very unsettling for many of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, his Nana has gotten, you need to tell the truth. You need to be honest all the time. We're all getting read for filth, and um, it's not helping me maintain. So that's where I am. But I'm in happy your to be. son's defense. What I once asked my seventh grade teacher if she was about to have another baby. Mm. That's what it just looked like to me. (laughs) And she hated me after that. 
literally wouldn't speak to me, slam my papers down on the desk, wouldn't call okay. on me for things. <laughs> it was a genuine question. And excited. Miss, don't remember her name. Are you about to have another baby? Oh no. my God, you said that in front of the class? Yes. That's crazy. Did you fail? She hated me. No, I mean, I was, I did you well. You did your thing. Yeah, so, so she but just she hated could me. have, yeah, yes. she would have. I think we've all had those kind of moments. With what? What do you mean? I was at Zaxby's and this lady, held the, I held the door for this lady, and she was raving, like, oh my God, thank you so much. I love seeing mannerable young men, blah, blah. I said, no worries, and congrats on the baby. <laughs> <laughs> Not as a grown man. I was an adult. Because <laughs> there was no way it wasn't. There was no way. It wasn't even like a soft belly, but I knew she was pregnant. Like, the baby was, they might have had a shower. The gender has been revealed. I knew it. Mm. And she looks at me and she says, I'm not. When I tell you I made a beeline to the car and just said, forget it. I said, you lost this one. You got to know yeah. you lost it. I lost it. Have a good day. So you didn't get your ex. Have a good day. I, got, I, was, I was leaving. Oh, okay. Held door. Congrats. She looked stunned. So did I. Got the car and drove home. I was over it. Thank you. Have a good day, girl. Thank you. So good to see you. Uh, we have all learned a valuable lesson. Just be quiet. Yeah. yeah. You got to learn when the hush. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Keep it short. Oh, keep it black keep, and keep, and it, keep brief. it brief. Yeah. Praise God. All right. What's your maintenance shape looking like over here? I'm holding on oh. by the little thread. I just, my will to, it's funny because I was talking to a friend today. Uh, we're going to the uh, Kate Nada concert in September in Montreal, and we were kind of coordinating this stuff. And so uh, I told him, I was like, I think I'm going through depression in this season mm. and not like this like you know i'm sad so i'm calling it depression but like like just a lack of will and this word i'm looking for right now guys sorry this word came up starts with a d um despondency despondency, despondency. Mm. praise now, god listen i listen. think maybe we should just stop today right now because i don't have it i'm telling you i don't have it today because nobody is when i tell time. you when i tell you that word could have been cat i would have mispronounced it <laughs> And it was just saying that, like not having the spirit or whatever. And I was mm-hmm. like, I feel that. I just do not mm-hmm. have despondent. The yeah, I feel despondent, right? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I uh, am like functioning in it and mm-hmm. functioning fairly well. But mm-hmm. I feel like it's time to like really get active about the whole therapy game. Mm-hmm. Like, Me as well. Like it was cute before when we said we was looking, but like when no, they told it's... us the aliens was here. I need a therapist yesterday because there's no way in hell nobody was made. We've been made endure for a night. Have we been made endure for this many is what I'd like to know. When is the morning light coming, Lord? Because, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I'm good. You know, we praise the Lord. Um, training sessions have been good. I keep bringing that up because I'm trying, I'm trying to stay encouraged. Mm-hmm. How's everything on for the um, you look good. Thank you. The competition. <laughs> <laughs> We're on track. Okay, okay. Good. How are you, Lene? Good. <laughs> We're going to pivot to you, Lene. Lene's in the studio. <laughs> I'm doing fine. I have a little bit of a headache right now. I got this weird, like, piercing headache. Um, mm. I will say that, yes, I have still been on my cheat phase of eating beef. So that is probably contributing to said ice pick headaches. But I'm about to come on down. I'm going to go see my skin lady. Um, she been doing Summer Walker skin. Mm. And Summer Walker skin been looking glow. And I was like, well, let me stop playing. Okay. Let me stop playing. Um, but I'm okay. I'm a little sad because I'm going back to work next week. I won't be back in the parking lot next week. But if nobody ever thought of this on their own, 
do not jump straight to work after coming clean off vacation. Give yourself a roll into work period. Mm-hmm. Um, so next week is going to be my roll into work period so I can get uh, back in line with my team on goals and just share new findings that I've had and revelations and stuff for everything that we're working on. So, yeah, that's how I'm doing. Okay. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah. Was it weekend? Our weekend was good. Did we, was it weekend? weekend? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was cool. It was cute. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was cool. Relaxing. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. I can't wait to bring y'all to New York. I'm looking Lene in her eyes as I say that. I know I she's not come. convinced. They don't give New York? Nope. Not I can't me. wait. Um, because it's going to be great. When you going? What's I just went. Oh, you did just go. Okay. But now I want to bring my friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lene will come around. Lene is anti-New York. So. I, I mean, I'm not like the biggest fan of New York, but I'll go. I'll be there in September yeah. for Fashion yeah. Week. So, yeah, let's oh, go. Oh, come on, Fashion Week? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Okay, Somebody okay. invite me to Fashion Week. Put our stuff on and get out there and make sure. Praise God. Don't we have a... A customer service letter? Yeah. What are you doing? This was a little lengthy. Praise God. But, okay. um, but here we are. So, it says, hey, I hope I am sending this correctly. Um, my name... I think I'm leaving the name anonymous, actually. Um, I just turned 35, and I'm going through some major things in my life. I haven't seen this guy for a few months, and he is the first actual relationship since my major breakup last year. We had a bad spot a few months ago, and we broke up. The night I text, that night I text a dude he didn't like. Nothing else, just a text after we broke up. We decided to make it work, and he went through my phone, saw the text, and it's been hell on a scale ever since. My family is still trying to accept my sexuality, but it's been hell with that as well. My mom is also pissed that I decided to do therapy last year because black people don't need therapy. Work is horrible, and I have been working on a new cert, I'm assuming certification, to grow in an entirely new career path, which is cool, but it means leaving a company I have been with for 10 years and starting over. There are many other things going on, but I guess my question is, how do you know what God says to you? I'm not the most religious person as far as church, but I believe in God. I hear many people say they prayed and God gave them an answer. I pray and I feel like God pressed ignore. Mm -hmm. I would normally talk to my therapist about it, but last time we had a session, he was drinking and started talking about his issues to me. So sorry about the long message. I am just lost and not sure what to do. Mm. Fast. Mm. Oh, fast. Mm-hmm. Okay, I thought you meant quickly. You mean yeah. fast. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah. Like, mm. I literally <clears throat> encourage that. Of course, safely. It doesn't mean, um, I know some people think that when you're fasting, you're just like cold turkey, don't eat nothing, feel like you're about to pass out. No. But um, even if you can do something where maybe you're only doing bread and water or, and I don't want to give you guys like how you fast. Um, I know how I do it, but fasting is something that helps me when I need an answer. Um, Social media fasting, phone fasting, vent fasting, like just taking things away from my day to day that I'm used to having so that my mind can be cleared. Because I think right now you have a lot going on and a lot of people giving you feedback that doesn't necessarily seem healthy. And the only way to hear God's voice is to clear a path so that you can hear it. So my advice would be fasting. Can you, like, clarify what he's looking for or they, what they're looking for clarity on? Like, what that piece? It's, uh, <laughs> excuse me. It sounds like he's just kind of, going through multiple things in this season of life mm-hmm. and just praying to God for some sort of guidance, some sort of next steps. Mm. And I think what happens 
Wait, does that, that, does that give you some sort of... Continue. Theory? But I think what happens with, 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 with our relationship with God, especially our relationship with prayer as it relates to praying to God, is that we... And we're going through a lot. We're just looking for uh, a direction. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes what God is trying to get us to understand is how to, like, function in the now. Mm-hmm. You know? And so it sounds to me like he's trying to get to the next thing. Like, my family's tripping. This relationship is bull. Like, I just want to get to the next thing, God. Like, what is the next thing? Mm-hmm. Opposed to, like, giving you the tools to sustain where you are to get you to the next thing. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so I feel yeah. like, if I'm being honest, it almost sounds like a lack of ownership a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Just because it's like, you know, I, I just sent the text. Like, it was just a text. I was like, eh, I mean, it was still like a text, right? Like, it might have been the best decision to make. I'm not saying that, you know what I'm saying? I don't know the rules of the relationship. But, you know, I mean, it was a text to the ex. You know what I'm saying? Most people don't want to see that when they deal with a guy. I get it. You know what I'm saying? And then your mom accepting or not accepting is still like, kind of like her thing to, 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 to bear. So I feel like for me, it's more about like, I guess like getting your own ownership back. And I, and I think it's like, likewise for so many of us who are young, who are dealing with family and dealing with relationships, I think we tend to lose our own ownership in a lot of ways just because we're like, this person needs to accept me, this person is breaking up with me, this person is saying has this opinion, I shouldn't be over here. My therapist is acting janky like other people. And I feel like maybe the 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 answer to the prayer or like the answer to hearing God's voice more clearly is to kind of like isolate. I know that that's mm-hmm. not always necessary, but sometimes isolation is really, really key to like really, really hear from God. So I would recommend like if you have time, I know isolation is a, is a luxury and I get it. Everybody yeah, doesn't have that yeah. luxury. But if you can find pockets to isolate a little bit, kind of like get into your own bag and like really have those that, that conversation with God and also like understand that what God is telling you may not be what you want to hear. Because um, even for me, I, I said this a lot this year, like I want what God wants for me even if I don't want it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's sometimes tough to really like own that because God will talk to you it's just, are you going to be okay with what he says? And so, for me, the 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 big cojone is to, like, to isolate a little bit and to, like, really be, don't be afraid to take ownership of, like, whatever's happening currently. Yeah. Um, that's exactly what I was going to say in so many words. I think that, number one, we're praying to God for answers. We are praying for the answer to show up, and we forget to pray for discernment. Mm-hmm. I think also when we're praying for God to give us a yes or no on something, we are waiting so bad on the yes or no, not recognizing how long we have to stay in the or. Um, and in the or, if you're not choosing anything else, you're choosing self. Um, mm. And if God is in us, that's like a direct line to getting more in tune with and more intimate with what's in us that he wants for us, um, not attached to other people. And uh, he gives a sign sometimes. If my therapist is on the call drinking and talking about himself, I'm finding a new therapist. It's not saying that my therapist isn't going to give me. It's not saying a. It's not saying therapy is not the answer. This therapist is not the therapist for me. If I'm not finding peace in these arenas, I need to remove myself and be in more conversation. So, yeah, even with the concept of fasting, that has to do with getting in tune with self. So, I think you have most more often than not, we get answers from God. And at the end of the day. Something I really think we have to recognize is that we always get an answer. It might not be the answer that we want. It might not be the definite yes or no, but that or space is one I think a lot of us avoid and don't really engage. So, I think especially if you're agnostic in your relationship with God, like not necessarily the most religious person in the world, I think 
don't forget that you're in a relationship. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to foster that relationship. Mm-hmm. And uh, even for our friends, we don't always understand what they mean if you're not if you haven't talked to a friend in a very long time. Like, if you haven't really got clarity from a friend, it's hard to always understand what they mean. Mm-hmm. I think God is so similar in that way. I, I know even for myself, I, if I if my prayer life has been whack, and I come back into it, I'm like, hmm. Okay, we it might take a little second to kind of get back in my mm-hmm. like bag with God because we haven't been in relationship likewise to our friends, right? Not saying our friends are God, but you know what I mean. Like I yeah. ain't talked to you in a minute, and oh, I forgot when you say this, you mean this. Mm-hmm. Or, I forgot when you go there, you mean the, you know what I'm saying? Likewise to God, I forgot how you send signs and wonders. I forgot how you do those things, and so I think it's just like again giving yourself grace and. Leaving that therapist alone. Go ahead and get somebody new. Man of God, we gonna let that one. We gonna we, we gonna not go back to them. Praise God. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I, I left my therapist after she told me she thought Stacey Abrams. Let me be quiet. Okay. Yeah, wow. but it was a it was a no immediately. No, I looked her in her face. We're gonna talk about it because <laughs> we as a people have to stop being passive aggressive and then pulling back the aggression when you realize the person in front of you is not about to be passive about it. Mm. Because mm. I don't even know what time in my life this was in, but I think it was around the time I was doing work. It was around the mm. election, and that really affected me personally and emotionally, and I was in therapy talking about it. And somehow, <laughs> somehow the conversation got to, and you know what I would like to see more from Stacey Abrams? I know this is a red flag because we're not talking about that. We're not talking about what you want to see from Stacey Abrams, mm. to be quite yeah. honest. Um, and she said, I would like to see her take better care of herself. Like her wellness, I think, breaks? That's all she said. And so when I did not, yeah, when I didn't, when I didn't give you any of that and I just kind of looked at you and waited on you to finish, the next thing you said, I'm not saying she's overweight. I didn't say nothing about nothing. You said it. And so now we've got to stop. Now I've got to stop sending you my $80 every week and find somebody else. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that the, the um, what's it called, the virtual therapy space can be so useful, but it has blurred a lot of lines when it comes to professionalism mm. and therapy. I got on one call for couples therapy and, mm. and just, she, the therapist did not look like she came to work, you know? And so I just think there's a lot of, lines being blurred in that space because people are in the comforts of their own homes and and if this is what you do you find yourself with a lack of other people to talk to about your personal things and you blur the lines of of ethics as well with therapists so um yeah we're gonna have to play my point in saying all this is we're gonna have to play the hot potato i choose you for kickball game with therapists because it's like that and I just want everyone to be encouraged on their journey of therapy. Like, yes, that tool to be able to call in and wherever not have to go in the office. It is very useful. It is very convenient. But it doesn't always make for the best environment for you to always feel completely confident and safe. So, mm. But that should not be a deterrent for you to continue moving along or start over with somebody else. And I know that's the worst. I hate starting over with people. I don't even like making new friends. So I want to talk. But, <laughs> yeah, that's it on that. Moving along. <clears throat> Moving along, guys. <clears throat> uh oh. I don't even want to sing niggas oh. online today okay. because I'm not happy with the niggas online. Mm. Oh. Are we ever? Are we ever happy with? No. I saw where you were gonna go, and I was like, <laughs> I, I, oh. I hope you know. Okay. okay. All, right, all right, all right. So let's just go ahead um, and start it out. So Lizzo, y'all have heard about this already. I haven't. Mm-hmm. 
Lizzo's former dancers have filed a lawsuit against her and her production company for Ooh. sexual assault and um, hostile work environment. Hmm. Oh. I'm going to be honest. Um, as a black woman and as a fan of Lizzo, this is a lot for me. Um hmm. But I'm going to give you guys the information, yeah, please. and then we're going to go over what niggas online are talking about. Okay. Um, so just to give you guys a little bit of context when it even comes to the sexual assault part, because um, I had to figure that out myself. Like, I know sexual assault can be a very broad um, allegation. And so what it is is um, one of the claims was the dancer saying that Lizzo forced them to go to, like, what you would call, like, a sex show. And it was supposed to be like an activity for dancing. And she forced them to participate with the dancers in ways that they were not comfortable with. So it's not, I just want to make it clear, and I don't want to make excuses for anybody either. Um, I didn't see any claims that she has sexually assaulted anyone, but that she had put her dancers in positions that made them feel sexually uncomfortable. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so there are, I believe, a couple of these allegations about like fat shaming, um, about being told that they have to be a certain weight. Um, at one point, people have had to re-audition because Lizzo felt like they were not as committed. Again, these are very fresh, fresh, fresh allegations. And I just don't want to say too much because we just don't know too much. Um, but I'm going to stop there before we get into the comments. And I actually want to hear some comments. Can we, okay. can we, can we do that first? Yeah. Yeah, there's one in particular. Go ahead. No? Okay. <laughs> Can we read Jasmine BC94? Oh, okay. You said Jasmine? Okay. Is it considered weight shaming if you have to maintain a certain weight for a job, though? Don't wrestlers and ballerinas have the same requirements? I don't know about all the other stuff, but she's allowed to ask about someone's weight if it's in reference to a job that had a requirement when you were hired. This is tough for me to read after watching her show. Mm. I haven't seen her show. Yeah, she had a show on, um, I want to say it was Amazon Prime. I'm not I sure. I think it might have been HBO. HBO, something like that. And she, I mean, her background dancers are called The Big Girls. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe let's. Yeah, so I mean, the context would make me think that she well the allegations are in reference to wanting them to maintain a certain weight maintain their size yeah i guess but not get too big in my um, mind i'm thinking like like there's a difference in my mind between maintain a weight and maintain endurance so like mm -hmm. if she's making them or involving them in workouts and the things to mm -hmm. keep them you know what i'm saying healthy enough to continue to perform that to me doesn't sound too crazy but if it's like hey you're outside of the jurisdiction of big that I am comfortable with you being then I can maybe see an argument but mm -hmm. let's be and sure. then also like shame is shame yeah period mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. you can talk to people about certain things like wrestlers is wrestlers and boxers are outside of the conversation because like there's something to be said about classes of weight for you to fight someone that is like within your weight class so like it's a fair fight ballerinas is I think just additive to the conversation about unhealthy sporting environments because ballerinas have only had a weight requirements because the art of ballet did not welcome big women mm -hmm. or women that were like literally girls who are professional ballerinas from a young age or do competitive 
ballerinaing. I don't know what it's called, but that <laughs> do that and gymnastics likely don't have periods until very late because they don't have enough body fat because of the requirements of what's being done. So that's that's an mm. unhealthy perspective there. Um, so I guess I get where Jasmine was coming from, but there's ways to talk around all of those things to say that it's it's yeah. inappropriate. And I think there's an air of humiliation that is attached to these claims, and that's what the problem is. We know that in the entertainment industry, creative industries, there is a level of you got to get this done. There is a level of just, mm, what's the word I'm looking for? We know that it's not going to be like your your typical nine to five experience where there has to be way more grace given. There there has to be way more human concern from who to who grace to from who to who in the work environment. From who to who though? Like you saying Lizzo needs to give grace to the dancers, or dancers Mm-mm. need to give grace to Lizzo. People need to give grace to all of them. I'm saying? saying that okay, if I'm working, and I'm not even gonna say if I'm working. When I was working at Geico, for example, mm-hmm. when I wasn't making quotas. Yes, my boss can be upset with me, mm-hmm. but the way my boss communicates their disagreement or them having an issue with me, mm-hmm. they're going to have to keep it cute. Yeah. Because you keep it you 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 go a little bit too far, Fair. you're losing your job immediately. And it's I know HR. that I have correct. Yeah. Um now as a contractor who works with creatives, who works with celebrities, if my client doesn't want to keep it too cute with me, who am I going to? What'd you say? Who am I going to? <coughs> who am I? Who am mm. I, who, who uh, will I run to? Like it's mm. it's very much you know they know that they have that space because one, they have a platform. Two, this is probably a check that is a sizable amount compared to what I would be getting if I'm working with a regular person. Um, and it's also if I end this relationship, it looks poor on me as a contractor. It doesn't look poor on them. So someone said here, Lizzo's. Um, D. LaShiart says Lizzo's dancers also had the onus of having to be grateful because of how difficult it is for fat women to get jobs in that industry. I'm sure that it made it incredibly difficult to speak up. So the women who did deserve all the support they can get. Mm. It's just, you know, it's different. It kind of reminds me of Tyra Banks and her, her perspective on America's Next Top Model. You know, she got a lot of flack for that. Mm-hmm. But she, in her, in her interview in the documentary, or her interview about the documentary, rather, she was saying it was tough because on the one hand, yes, I did do a lot of things that probably weren't the most PC and kind or what have you, but I wanted to prepare them for an industry that was going to do the exact same thing. Right. And so likewise, so Liz, I could see it being difficult where you're like, I'm trying to prepare you as dancers to endure what it means to endure what you're going to probably have to endure. Mm-hmm. So if you're uncomfortable being sexy in public, you're gonna have a tough time being on tour because they're gonna make fun. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, I'm not saying it gets right, but I think it happens in so many arenas. Like even in sports, even in like preparing, um, like all the time we prepare people by even in the black community, low key, we prepare you by like doing to you what we think the world's gonna do to you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like the world ain't gonna be nice. I'm not gonna be nice. The world gonna be harsh. I'm gonna be harsh. The world gonna be da 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 da. So I wonder if that was her thinking. If she, if this is even true, I wonder if it was like, again, like that. Wait, come on, girl, like. Blah, blah blah because the blogs are going to eat you live i'm trying to prepare you for like similar rhetoric and again i'm not saying it's right but i just wonder if that's the thinking that we kind of have collectively i'm gonna treat you kind of how the world is probably going to as well and that makes me feel justified in me saying things that are harsh 
me whatever being, being policing you in the way that I think the blogs and the comment section is going to and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. the dehumanization that is happening behind the closed doors in these industries that's sure. coming out and we're seeing, I get it. I get it. But it's it's also there has to be a better way. What and is that? What is that? Because I hate it modeling for that reason. I'm on it for six months. Yeah, it was the I was worst say, was just experience it. of my life. Mm-hmm. Like, I got nitpicked the entire time. Mm, what's your stomach doing? I had a little lunch. What <laughs> <laughs> a lunch. <laughs> and, like, my, I'm at a test shoot right now. And Brennan Heeple, and also there's models who are, like, the <laughs> casting line is down the street. Mm-hmm. I'm in the casting, and it's literally like you walk into the casting. No. <laughs> Next. Um, This is not a plus size day, sweetie. Have a good day. Or do you even work out, buddy? Have a good night. Lift your shirt up. Where's your abs? Like, it was literally that cutthroat. So it's like, if, and again, if that's a new experience for you, you walk into the door, you're going to leave crying. Mm-hmm. So most people, agencies included, are going to say, I'm going to prepare you for what they're probably going to say when you get there, which is reality. Yeah, I mean, we know the inter- entertainment industry itself has prided itself on the exclusivity and its mm-hmm. ability to exclude people. Fair. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that just, it... It reverberates around in every part of the industry, from what we see on screen, from what the experience is trying to get into it, um, how people are paid, what we're seeing with the strikes and things like that. Yeah. Um, so that's just got to stop, period. Like, it's not okay. It's not okay. It's not healthy. And it takes people speaking up like this and people being held accountable in new and different ways um, to make things change. And... I just find it really interesting. Um, I'm having a hard time with this. I'm going to believe the black women who are saying a thing. Um, and I think Monica 45678 made a very good comment that I think all of us need to think about, even when thinking about this being a hard thing. Because I'm going to preface it by saying this. When Lizzo was um, called out for having the S word in her song, I mean, just for the purposes of education, she had a song that had the word spaz in it, and it's not okay to say that anymore. She didn't even give no lip, from my understanding. She just re-released the song and took it out. And so I find it very interesting that someone with that wherewithal would be find themselves in a position like this. Um, But Monica says, I'm not tearing down a black woman without proof. Black people are the only people who believe every negative thing said about another black person. Y'all don't get tired of being corrected or hating your own people this is exhausting and this this came out to me because you tell me a black man did something i'm gonna believe the black woman it's really hard in this situation and i can be honest and say like it's tough because it is a black woman that whose reputation is being attacked yeah. and i just took some looks at her profiles and haven't seen any like statements back to this i know more often than not when we make think pieces when we have these twitter wars when we get on our episodes and talk about things they're is more likely there has more likely been like conversation between the person who's been accused like making statements or whatever to weigh um against the allegations to form an opinion we don't have that but i'm still gonna believe the black women who are saying that they were wronged in a way um because we know what the industry is it is difficult it is unfortunate and i'd be interested to see what she says back to it um because even like she's posting other things right now people in the comments like are you gonna say something like what's up so um yeah, yeah, it is disheartening to hear, and that's just the reality of it. But it's one of those things where I've had to check. I have to check myself mm-hmm. and how I show up. And if I'm going to believe black women, I won't have to believe black women. 
Mm-hmm. So there's that. I just wanted to also say, because I don't know if y'all are as nauseous as I am as I'm talking about this topic, because it's just, you know, again, it's unsettling. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also had the experience of working with people that I absolutely adore and admire, and then they leave the room and I'm in the room with their team. Mm-hmm absolutely disgusting experience um Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. what sucks is when you know your team in front of you is the most they're they're amazing they're here for you they're doing the things and they leave and then they treat everybody else like garbage and it Mm -hmm. it speaks to you and then if there is a lawsuit the smart thing for the lawyer to do is not to say oh it's just the team you know to get the most bang for your buck a lot of times you're gonna have to bring somebody's name into it so i really in this time, hope that everyone who is affected, whatever the facts are, they are getting what they need. Did because you speak up? Absolutely not. I think that's the problem too, right? Like, was like, like again, I've had people on my team that weren't necessarily the nicest, whatever. I didn't know because when, I, when you're around me, of course, if I'm in the presence of the space, you're great. Mm-hmm. But then people you're not kind to don't tell me. So I don't, so oftentimes we don't know. I will. Mm-hmm. I will. One I think, thing about Lene, I, I will. <laughs> once I get in the room, <laughs> once I, I get in the room, I'm gonna be like, "Hey, this one, not it, is a mean one, Mr. Grinch." Mr. <laughs> yeah. the whole entire mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, I will <laughs> once I get a chance. But you rarely, you rarely experience that. Experience that. You rarely mm-hmm. have people who get who even have an opportunity to have a chance. Like sure. are mm-hmm. are able to be in rooms with people they admire for like split seconds for the job they're supposed to do and yep. may never see them again to yep. be able to say something. And these people literally know that, which is why they treat you crazy. Correct. Yep. And you yeah. Know, you have no idea. You're like, dang, I didn't know you were being treated this way. Mm-hmm. And but again, here people are speaking up and they're being shamed for it. So I think again, it's a catch twenty two. I don't want to be part of bringing someone down. But I also want to be part of advocating for myself. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. CNN in the city says I really try not to idolize. Sell- what? <laughs> so you've passed your speaking on to me. We can't talk today. It's okay, guys. I really try not to idolize celebrities because anyone can be horrible, can be a horrible person. But Lizzo really has knocked the wind out of me as someone who has gone out of her way to be perceived as a safe space and an advocate for all people. Um, Oof. Yeah. That last part. Yeah, I decided not to read it because we yeah. said it. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it's hard. So. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. lastly, really quick, I think it is a little interesting how quickly mm-hmm. people turn on people. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm talking about, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, oh, she is? She's what? Oh, never mind. I, I, I don't like her. Like, good Lord. But I have to, like, counteract that. Like, literally, it made me sit back in my seat because with some of the stories that we've had, mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. There's usually more information available, but we do make these judgments, like not not even snap judgments, but we look at the information and use it as a teachable moment, if anything. You know, like, and I think more often than not, well, I don't give people that much credit, (laughs) but what I was gonna say is like, even with the Kiki Palmer and her baby daddy situation, yes, it was hee hee ha ha's, kicks and giggles, but I think only a quarter of those people or none of those people really expected him to see it and learn from it. It was Mm. to create conversation amongst communities to say like, y'all really got to stop acting like this. And so we do use these things very quickly to start these conversations because a lot of us have been intimate with these type of interactions like far too often and we want them to stop. And so here's something with public attention that we can spark this conversation with. So I think we're very slow because we like Lizzo, but even when I think about Jonathan Majors, I was in love with that man. 
in love with that man. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, they said it was strangulation marks on her? Well, somebody did it. Who did it? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I just can't, I can't justify the snap judgment thing when we've been there before. And more mm-hmm. often than not, we're right about the snap judgments that we make, but sometimes we are wrong. Yeah, I go. promise this is the last thing I'm going to say on this topic. Okay. But I just want to be clear. I do have a bias in this issue, in this um, topic, in this situation. Yeah. Um, I'm a black woman and I do have a bias. And sometimes I think we have to say that, but by recognizing our bias, we just have to be careful of our biases because I am also aware that in my heart and in my, I'm on a show right now. So I'm speaking the way that I need to speak so that I'm politically correct and I'm respectful of all parties. But I do know that in my heart, I have feelings that are leaning towards my bias. But I'm still leaving room for the fact that just because I know a face and I have followed the journey of what I've seen does not mean that these other girls that I don't know don't deserve someone to have a bias for them, a bias for Mm -hmm. them being victims in this. Mm -hmm. So I'm leaving room in my bias for facts and for truth because eventually, as always, it will come out. So that's yeah. that's that. So we're gonna see. Mm-hmm. Moving along, who's next? So next, um, you guys might have heard of this too, but I wanted I to take a different um perspective on it. So Cardi <sighs> B was recently assaulted at a concert. Someone in the crowd threw a drink on her while she was performing, and she mm-hmm. responded by hitting them with the microphone. Now all of the headlines are about. Cardi B assaults crowd member, Cardi B violently this, blah, blah, blah. But they're victimizing the assaulter and villainizing the person that was actually assaulted. And I don't necessarily agree with that. So um, one article recently said that the concert goer is filing a battery report and they claim that they were struck by the object that was thrown from the stage. And NPR actually put out an article saying Cardi B is the latest artist to have something thrown at them. So she threw a mic because that is what happened. And a couple other news outlets are doing the same. They're talking about the fact that there's a dangerous trend that's going on right now where a lot of audience members are starting to attack performers, Little Nas, um, Little Nas X, um, and a couple other people. So I wanted to go ahead and open the floor up about that between us as people who um, – have platforms as people who are in positions where eventually we'll be having our live show someday. Um, And I think that as you grow on a platform, people begin to not look at you as a human being and look at you as they can do whatever they want to you instead of respecting your boundaries. Which is weird to me because why would you throw something at me? Like I have more to say about this particular situation because I went on a little TikTok search about this, about what happened. Mm -hmm. But I just don't know why thinking as a concert goer, Thinking if I go back to the Renaissance tour, I'm so excited about Beyonce. Mm, I just want to, I just want to throw my drink at you. It doesn't. The logic doesn't make sense to me. Especially because you paid for a ticket that made you close enough. Yeah. To be next to me. Or she asked him to throw stuff on her. No. And see, this is where it gets water on her. This is where it gets murky. Okay. So this is I did my little digging because um, (laughs) I saw Cardi throw it, and then I saw people saying, "Well, she hit the wrong person." I was like. From what I see, she hit exactly who threw something at her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I see another video where she is asking people to throw water on her because it's hot. Mm-hmm. I can't tell if it was before or after the incident because if it was after the incident, it might be like, oh, that's funny. Hee hee ha ha. Right, it right, does right. feel good. 
Um, some comments said that if it was before, she asked specifically not to be thrown at in her face. Uh-huh, I did see that. I saw her make yeah. comments saying, I said throw it on my, my leg yeah. part, not my face. Okay. Yeah. Um, Someone else said it was an accident. Like, she was like... No, she was like, there was another... No, I saw another <laughs> another angle where she literally walked her way up mm. and tossed the drink upward. It wasn't like, a, I'm dancing. It was, here, let me throw water on you, which is a very weird thing to me. So right. I could get that if she asked people to throw water on her, she's like, ooh, I want to, too, which didn't make sense because I want to be a part of the fun um, because from this angle, you then see her be like, ooh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, backing up. It doesn't make it just doesn't make sense. Is the to way me. that Cardi B reacted okay in your eyes? Uh, uh, I, mm, if she didn't ask nobody to throw something on her, then yes. If she didn't ask anyone to throw something on her, and someone walked up and like tossed the water on me, yes, I would reflexively hit throw something back at them. Because um, why would you throw something on me if I didn't ask you to? Those are my thoughts. Are you considering self defense? No. Okay. No, I'm I'm considering it being like a human being, and yes, like self defense should be, for sure be a marker and a measure of like crime. Mm-hmm. But I also just feel like people don't give people like room to be humans. Um, and if something's being thrown at me, and I feel like, is it not self defense? Like in me showing you, like fuck around and find out. Like I don't know. Like is there no, like, a no, that's not <laughs> there, is there, like a measure? Not self defense. A measure. And like he building a measure of no. self defense because no. well, these niggas are gonna learn <laughs> not to throw things at me because I throw back. Ah. And so now myself is defended because they learned from a past action of mine. That's not how self defense works. I'm sorry. I need a lawyer to tell me if I'm on to something. <laughs> I'm not gonna hold you. Maybe it's because I've recently been back home. And mm-hmm. the boogie down? Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, the people from the Bronx have told Ovio to stop saying that because y'all don't say that. Y'all don't. No. He's going to say it anyway. But I love saying boogie down. <laughs> and throwing the X up. Stop playing. Oh, my God. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> but I think about being in that position and being embarrassed, if mm-hmm. I'm being honest. Like you, Ooh. me, if I was Cardi. Okay. Oh, okay. I would be embarrassed. Like, I'm in front of all these people. You're going to throw some drink up in my face. And so immediately, like, I, if I go like this, somebody's going to pull me mm-hmm. because I'm up here. So the quickest thing I could think of is like, oh, we throwing things. Yeah. And now we throwing things. Do I feel like it's okay? You're a professional at an event. So, of course, they're not going to look at it as okay. You pay people to defend you. You're no longer at liberty to defend yourself because there are... There are liabilities now. You know, it's not just you. It's the venue. It's your team. It's your your management. There's so many other people that are affected by your actions that that's the reason that you have security. That's the reason why you have things like riders and you require when you go to a venue for you to, you know, these doors have to be available for this. And I have, like, all the money that goes into you being a part of that type of situation, a concert, is to protect you and to defend you. All you need to do is perform. So I get it. Now, on the other hand, I also get being a human being and people just being stupid in the crowd. Can I say that? But yeah, you know, like people (laughs) just make. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Why are you throwing? Okay, beyond this situation, because, yes, Cardi might have asked people to throw something at her. This girl threw it the wrong way. Why are you at any concert throwing anything? Unless I feel like I don't know. 
what order of events this went in. Was it Chris Brown or someone on stage that was like, throw me panties or throw me bras or something? If you're going to throw something, like, this is what I want you to throw. Mm-hmm. Like, if I, as the performer, did not ask for that interactive part to be part of my show, why is anything leaving your hand and entering the stage space? I also find it interesting that you didn't want to enjoy the beverage. <laughs> Cause it's hot outside. It's hot. When I have it's, a beverage in my hand, I want to drink it. I don't. Yeah. I want to enjoy my beverage. And mm-hmm. It probably costs a lot of money. You're at a concert. It probably mm-hmm. wasn't cheap. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying my beverage. Mm. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like what? But no one's answering my question. Oh, I'm sorry. What was the question? Why are you throwing something on the stage? Because I still have not gotten. I think that she wanted logic. a moment. I'm, but I'm not, gonna go at wanting a moment. It 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 was traditionally a thing. Panty throwing at concerts was a thing back when For sure. Luther Fine. and the boys was doing their thing and the girls was, you know. For sure. Um, but I think back then you didn't have like the mass arenas that you have, all of the little gadgets and th- well, you know what? But that's social know. panties are socially endearing. I think we're talking about like social understanding. Like throwing Yeah, I'm talking drink, about objects. Throwing mm-hmm. a drink in my face is not socially enduring anywhere mm-hmm. you go. Like this is not how it goes. Now a panty, just, if you don't want it, you know that was socially enduring. Like, you know what that that what mm-hmm. I, I wasn't throwing it to be aggressive, right? But like mm-hmm. a drink in my face, how can I even compartmentalize that in any other fashion? Like mm-hmm. what does that mean outside mm-hmm. of And I'm like I don't know, somebody threw something at um, Lotto. I don't know. I didn't see what was thrown. She just uh, said, do it again. I'm going to beat your ass like, on the mic. But it's just like, <laughs> so what? Are you trying to get my attention? Do you want me to wave to you? Um, I'm just literally trying to think of the thing. I think you want a moment. Like, hey, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. That's what it gives me. Watch this, watch this, That's watch nuts this. to me. That's nuts to me. And maybe because I can't deal with public embarrassment, I'm never going to do something that... I know it's going to lead to embarrassment. Like, if I have to get escorted out by... They don't by... feel embarrassment. She's having a moment. No. Y'all are about to I'm know who this girl is, though. We got to do a drink. We got to do a drink. Now I'm about to be known for... About... Y'all you want see me. these moments they way do. too bad. I don't know how what's I happening. I don't care how I get the moment. I want a moment, sis. I can't sing, dance, act. I got nothing, okay? I'm about nothing. to get this moment. Nothing. <laughs> okay, nothing. we're going to work at a call center. I got enough money for these tickets this time. My family helping give them to me. I am going to get my moment. Probably. But now you have a moment with a black eye and a picture on the shade room. Is that the moment you yes. want? Yes. Okay. I'm about to milk this black eye down. What do you mean? Okay. I'm about to be a meme too. Oh my goodness. I'm about to have a cute I'm gonna moment. I'm going to get some money. Hello. I cannot believe this y'all This moment is going to be cute. It's going to be cute. This is going to be I'm cute. Tired. I mean, she picked, I mean, again, but I, I do. I agree with the like, the human part of it because you throw, you throw something at me. I'm, I'm off the stage with it. We're going to get down. Mm-hmm. But I think it's like, I get it. Like, it's not. You know, I get it. I get it. I get it. It's just more? nuts to yeah, me. It's a little weird, but is there more? Nope. On to the serious things. On to the serious things. Okay. All right. Teams. So as we told y'all last week, we're gonna talk to y'all about the VP. Um, but I do think we have to do a little bit of backward universal backwards design. That's what teachers will know what I'm talking about. We gotta take it from the back to make it to the front. I don't know if I use that right, but y'all know what I'm trying to say. Um yeah, yeah. Folks is going in on VP Kamala Harris for how she responded to Florida's bullshittery. Mm. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the bullshittery for our big kahuna for today. So as you guys know, Florida... <sighs> so angry about it. First of all, Florida initially rejected a push for an AP African American history course saying things like it was not necessary, number one. Um, it was not uh, elevated to elevated enough or sophisticated enough course material for it to be an AP course. 
um, and that it taught hate. And honestly, I don't feel like having that conversation. It gets me like riled up every time because there's a sect of Americans who happen to also live in Florida who will not read, who will not um, research anything for their own. And they literally will not click off of a Fox website or off of a website written by one of their Fox faves to find new information or unbiased information. And I think what is really, what is really crippling for some of these people is that they cannot fathom that unbiased information might actually be biased towards something they don't believe in. Factual information might actually lean against your literal philosophical tendencies, whatever the hell, um, because it's factual information and you will find that your American lore has been built on lies. Um, so that's that on that. Now, a uh, week before last, the Florida Board of Education unanimously approved new standards for teaching African-American history because, you know, they done banned a bunch of books that tell it like it T.I. is. Um, and it's just the latest act in DeSantis' anti-woke campaign. He literally has an anti-woke campaign. And I also am irritated with you motherfuckers in the use of woke um, because you make it sound dumb. You literally make it sound dumb. Like, yes, it might have sounded hotepi when we started it, but it literally was an opportunity for us to recognize that there is a veil that has been constructed purposefully and we need to see beyond the veil, the veil in order to disrupt it and to deconstruct it and to tear it down. Um, and now y'all just apply woke to anything that encroaches on your way of life. And um, you're all annoying. You sound like dumbasses, and I haven't even gotten to any of it and I said I wasn't gonna get angry about it. But you sound like imbeciles and idiots because um, you won't read. I know once you drop motherfuckers. <laughs> Buckle up. We just, yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it's crazy to me because, what did you say last week, OVO? Don't worry, this. <laughs> they what? hid the books so we couldn't read. And I just want to know, what was oh, y'all yeah. doing with the books? When y'all was hiding them from us, you didn't open them? No. <laughs> what <are> you... <laughs> Your, face. Your face, what were y'all doing with the books when you took them from us? Hmm? Hmm? Where is it at? Anyways, um, so the new, the new standards most notably require what we said last week, um, that black history includes instruction on how slaves, and they're using slaves, and they know, they oh, know, they know. they're using the, the term slaves and yeah. not enslaved? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that was really my point. You know black American historians and intellectuals have moved past the language of slaves, to refer to people who were enslaved as enslaved as not to indicate a status of life versus a condition. Um, mm, like so that. you just wanted to be mean. You just wanted to be petty and hateful, so whatever. But how slaves, air quotes, develop skills <clears throat> in some instances could be applied for their personal benefit. <laughs> Let's move along. As well as lessons on how acts of violence were perpetrated against and by Black Americans. Okay, here are some exact verbiage used in the African American history standards in Florida. One, no person is inherently racist, sexist, or oppressive, whether consciously or unconsciously, solely by virtue of his or her race or sex. Do we want to keep going? Do we Do want to hit him? No. What, what's your rebuttal? My rebuttal is that people. Inherently. Inherently, yeah. If you're born into it, if it is a part of your, if it is part of your social genealogy, 
you are inherently that. You don't have a choice. You have a choice to unlearn it, but you mm. didn't have a choice to learn it. Mm. Mm. Moving along, meritocracy or traits such as hard work ethic are not racist, but fundamental to the right to pursue happiness and be rewarded for industry. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't do we want to go line by line? We want to keep going. Keep going. Okay. All right. A person by virtue of his or her race or sex does not bear responsibility for actions committed in the past by other members of the same sex, sex or race. I just want to know who's going to undo it if they don't. So we're saying gender. Are we saying sex or gender? He, it says race or sex. They don't. They're not held accountable for what that race or sex did prior to them. Is that what we're saying? It says does not bear responsibility for actions. Okay. Keep, keep going. <laughs> and lastly, a person should not be instructed that he or she must feel guilt, anguish, or other forms of psychological distress for actions in which he or she played no part, committed to the past by other members for the same race or sex, of the same race or sex. That's the one I could get behind. And I don't think anyone ever said, hate yourself. Hate oh. yourself. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm, I'm going to excuse you. <laughs> but as I'm listening to this, I see so much consideration for white children who would have been experiencing this information. At what point can you sit there and pretend that racism isn't a thing, that these things that we're telling you that we need to be teaching in the schools are not a thing, when you've literally discounted how black children will feel listening to, like at what point did you give us something at what point did you consider the effect that this information would have on our psychology on our psyche psychology on our psyche um basically you're forcing them to sit down and understand that white children are not to be blamed for anything that happened to you um white people are not to be blamed for anything that happened to you what happened to you was good for you because it helped you to become who you are today it was essential in the stitch of the fabric of this nation and, and these are great things and you should be proud that your people were slaves this is crazy and so insensitive i mean and i just want to know before you go no, please. if 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 indeed meritocracy or traits such as hard work are not racist but fundamental to the right to pursue happiness and be rewarded for industry, why wasn't we rewarded and why we don't got no motherfucking reparations? If we're talking about hard work and industry, because did we not build the agricultural industry? You had a black from president. Scratch? I'm not doing this with you today. Oh, yo, I'm alive. How'd it go? I'm just asking. <laughs> did y'all not have a black? Did you Negroes who are online not have a black president? <laughs> I don't understand what the what the issue is. Mm -hmm. One, you had one, and and you wanted two. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I think it becomes. I think, I think the history for people who are non-black, white people, I think it makes them look like monsters, and I don't want to look like a monster. So you I need you. Are what you say? <laughs> so, but I think you I'm need sorry. to tell. But I also think, and I want to give black people a little credit right now, because I don't know that we talk about this often enough. I think I think black people, even though we understand the system of whiteness, can still understand that. I, I don't think we go through blatantly disrespecting white people 
does that make sense? Like, I, like I think that there's some black people who have decided maybe or not that maybe they don't feel comfortable being in close proximity, being in a relationship, being in intimate quarters. But I don't think that we go through our lives trying to make white people's lives uncomfortable or trying to uh, 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 mistreat them. And I think I think it's necessary for me to say because I don't. But at the same time, I can still acknowledge what is. And what I mean is, I, I don't know that we're necessarily holding people currently accountable for their ancestors opposed to holding this system or just people or just the, the society we live in accountable for what happened. And I think glorifying it or like romanticizing this idea that people who were enslaved, like, you know, built this great thing be, as a byproduct of it, which is also, I think, what we do with a lot of our trauma. You know what I mean? Like, with, like I was having a conversation recently, and I'll derail for two seconds, about kind of coming into my own, how like, I wish I could have skipped certain steps. And my friend was basically saying, like, no, you wouldn't be who you were, and da 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 And I'm like, I don't think that, like, catastrophic things and, like, you know, being beat the hell up is how you have to learn every lesson. Mm-hmm. Like, I just mm-hmm. don't think that. And I, I think mm-hmm. as a byproduct of being beat up a lot, you'll learn how to fight, sure. But at the same time, I don't think you necessarily have to. Like, send me to the ring and teach me by my coach. You know, like, there's other avenues to get to goodness. And I think, like, for us to, like, conflate trauma in this in this way it feels irresponsible. And I think to your point, Sim, about it not being in favor of us, I think I, I was making a joke or being sarcastic about it because I don't, I mean, has a lot of things favored us? And like, I think we've kind of had to like search through the ends to find the, the, the truth in the, in the water because I think people are just more comfortable with that as a reality. And then what? Like I don't I, I I don't I don't know I guess like nothing really surprises me about any of this language just because it just feels whatever but I think what's interesting <laughs> excuse me I think the surprising right surprising isn't the word one thing that I think is unfitting um, if you didn't know he doesn't just have a stop woke campaign like it's a whole stop woke act mm-hmm. he introduced legislation called stop woke and I would just feel like if I introduce legislation called stop woke I'm lame I'm whack. I'm sure, sure. <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting picked last at kickball for saying things like that. We're not getting picked. Um, <laughs> we're, we're arguing about who has to get him on the team. Somebody get him, man. Do we have to? That's what yeah, he is, for sure. Um, but this specific act, when it was presented in 22, was purposed to limit how race can be taught in Florida schools. And with this act, teachers couldn't teach that anyone was anyone was inherently racist. That someone's privilege or oppression isn't necessarily linked to their race. But what I think doesn't belong here is that a system of meritocracy is racist in this country. And I just want to know, like, this is like what I call telling on yourself because meritocracy is not necessarily invoked in conversation about black history, black lineage or progression and critical race theory, unless it's talked about how it's used against us. It is not inherent to the experience except in for it's how it's used against us. This is a dog whistle to Hispanic and Asian Americans who have been able to lean into the process of meritocracy and the rewards of meritocracy in ways that we have not. Mm -hmm. So that literally was a red flag of like, we know this is the thing that we do and we know y'all be calling it out and we're gonna put it in here when in fact it doesn't necessarily go here because it doesn't have to. If we didn't believe it was an issue, we wouldn't have even identified it. You get what I'm saying? For sure. And also, yeah. I don't want to do the work to change. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to change your perspective. I'm not changing what's actually happening. I'm just going to have you look at it. Correct. So, Ovio, <laughs> something that you said made me think of this um, clip that was on the Griot recently. I don't know if you guys know um, Lamont, Mark Lamont Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was recently on with Kimberly Classic. I think that's how you pronounce her name. 
um, they were having a conversation about what recently happened with affirmative action. Mm -hmm. And she said, well, I mean, think about it. Who would you be without slavery? Look at how many things slavery has done for us. Like, would we have been as tenacious of a people had we not had slavery? And he was like, is this a serious question? Like, are you really? He's like, our people have actual history Mm -hmm. of so much success prior to the institution of slavery. Like, we literally contributed to what society looks like today. What do you mean? And she was like, I mean... There are so many, she talked about like people in the Congo who are going through so much despair because of themselves and not because of colonialism. colonialism. And what that, as I listened to it, what it said to me is at the end of the day, I know that I do have, um, I I study this. Mm -hmm. I've been studying this for a long time. So for me, it's like, are you dumb? Yeah. Like, but then I have to remember that there are so many people who are really brainwashed with a lot of misinformation about what has happened in the trajectory of our history. So they get on even these platforms. Some of these people are politicians and mm-hmm. they're really teaching other people who don't have the information because mm-hmm. to be fair, a lot of these politicians know this information for a fact. Mm-hmm. And they're getting on there and they're telling people things like this, like, Africa is in despair because of what Africa has done to Africa. Look at them. They're, and it's like... And... Um, it's scary. But, like, what do you think would happen if, if slavery didn't happen? You think, you, think, you think something wouldn't happen instead? Like, 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 well, you needed slavery. You don't think we could have figured out how to do the things we do now without it? Like, you don't think that could have been a reality for us? You it wouldn't think... have been at the same... Like, number one, we I don't think we would be strong. over here. Wouldn't... We wouldn't be over here like that. <laughs> oh, for sure. It would yeah, be no, sprinkles no. of us over yeah, here. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. America wouldn't be America. Well, if, I it, mean, if we're not over here, it wouldn't be America, for sure. It would not be America. It, it would not be the powerhouse that it is because it had so much to gain from its economic power in the world being the place where, like, the amount of exports that were going out and foodstuffs and, like, in the Western slavery was the first like what's it called um the first version of anything being mass produced Mm -hmm. and so um, we were able to to kickstart that economy in a way had they left us alone we would have been the superpower of the world because of the amount of resources that we had africa looks like it looks like today because y'all took all of our resources and took control of our resources and only cared about the resources and not the people and so you let people and communities and societies denigrate because you have no care for them um yeah, and so many things swimming in my head. Like, this is how we had the whole Hotel Rwanda situation with the Hutu and the Tutsis, like, turning communities against one another so they can get pieces of something that you made exclusive when it was ours to begin with. So I I'm hmm. really, I really okay. struggle with the commentary on, look at the way Africa is today. You made it this way. And when I say you made it this way, Europeans deliberately took their boats and manipulated um, manipulated a system that existed and turned it and and perverted it. You perverted it and did not want to do anything um, in regards to cleanup. And I think it's also interesting when we think about people who are advocating for a thing that they actually experience. It's like black people advocating for black people, you know, that kind of thing. And I think also when white people advocate for it, it almost seems like pity, opposed to truth. You know what I mean? Like like. I, I even think about the whole like white savior thing or whatever. Like, 
this is not you, those are their facts. Regardless of whether or not you feel better about your whiteness by defending or allyshipping black people, these they're facts. And I think it becomes this really weird conversation piece when people talk about like you know, yeah, you feel that way because you experienced it. But I mean, yes, and right, mm-hmm. like, this is a fact. Like, like I, yes, my my ancestors, and it's hard for me to even the whole thing you were reading, like. You know what happened in your lineage isn't not inherently this and not da, 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 da. you touch my grandma it's gonna be up mm-hmm. like it just is what it is and i'm mm-hmm. like and to make me feel crazy mm-hmm. for feeling a way about that is nuts to me like mm-hmm. like people are not gaslighting it, for mm-hmm. gaslighting at its finest especially mm-hmm. when you're talking when, when you're also gaslighting the amount of work that we have done to be who we are mm-hmm. in this country Correct. like you wouldn't be who you were without but you're even minimizing who we are despite because no baby america what would america have been without slavery is the question because the question and i'm not even going to take it this far because i want us to stick to our topic but do we act other groups who have been through similar things as slavery who they would be without the the worst thing that has ever happened to their people how what what? that's a barometer for goodness what are we saying on people who didn't are you not as good and then if you're not as good are you gonna finally say it Um, and just to close out a little bout on this of niggas who don't read DeSantis tweeted in 2021 I'm about to say something out loud that I know you've seen on your internet I know that someone's going to post underneath your post about whatever happens in the world that's tragic and has to do with the way black people are treated someone's going to say these exact words three months from now DeSantis tweeted in 2021 that critical race theory teaches kids to hate our country and to hate each other. It is state-sanctioned racism and has no place in Florida schools. You all hit copy and paste when it comes to the rhetoric and ideology. You do not think for yourselves. And you, you, you wield your power to act on things with no foundation. Moving along. All right. So, um, Vice President Kamala Harris was also pissed about it. And as we hinted last week, I guess a lot of y'all have never heard her speak because she gets this upset. Um, She actually had a whole talk. I'm not sure what school she was at. I think it might have been TSU. I know she was in Tennessee when when the Tennessee Three got expelled. She was in there talking cash money. Um, So, I think a lot of y'all just don't listen to her. And it's because y'all do not validate her blackness. Um, From the start, her blackness was a central tenet of her image, of her position, of like her running potential being on the Biden-Harris ticket. Um, As with any politician, she went to Howard, she was an AKA, and you know the girls wanted to give the first and the finest. We the first and the finest and the <laughs> first VP. And I know y'all are sick of it, you Greek people. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah. You Greek people, mm-hmm. girl. But, <laughs> and we see it more from her than we saw from the Obamas. And I made mention of something similar to that last week as well. So on the one hand, jokes people have been making about her and what she's done in her role are sometimes clearly just endearing jokes, and that's to be expected from the relatability of her image. Um, However, on the other hand, people have gotten more serious about it, saying that she literally just isn't fulfilling her role. And to that point, I don't think y'all know what the vice vice president's role is. So socially, we are getting more and more afraid as the election approaches, which is what's sparking a lot of these conversations. I think 
I'm not saying these conversations shouldn't be had, but I do think these conversations can be dangerous and unproductive because we have to literally figure out what options we do have. And a lot of the dialogue is discouraging voters from helping us push push on just a little bit further with what we have. And I know it sucks to talk in a frame of mind of literally working with scraps. We literally know the alternative. The alternative is no longer a, a babbling idiot who fooled me twice, can't get fooled me once, Fool me twice, can't get fooled again. I'm talking about George Bush. He literally did that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and same with Trump. Um, same with a lot of these politicians. It's lo- no longer this. We have people who are very much willing, people who aren't just willing to institute fascist policies, but who have galvanized a group of people who don't read, who don't research for themselves, will wield their power to make those fascist fascist policies come true. Because once again. Voting constituencies do have a lot of power when it comes to enacting certain legislation Um, and getting people in rooms like the state, like the House and the Senate, who are going to argue for fascist policies to be heard. So that's already happening with the election. People are afraid, but we do have to recognize that as the paranoia is growing, we do have to be smarter. Um... But I think something else that's important to recognize when we have these conversations is realizing when we are asking black women to take on all the country's problems when that might, in fact, not be their job. Mm-hmm. So what is the role of the vice president? According to White House, whitehouse.gov, the primary responsibility of the vice president of the United States is to be ready at a moment's notice to assume the presidency if the president is unable to perform his or her duties. How you know she's not doing that? Um, the vice president also serves as the president of the United States Senate, where he or she casts a deciding vote in the case of a tie. They go on to explain that even in that responsibility, except in the case of tie-breaking votes, the vice president rarely actually provides presides over the Senate, meaning she rarely has a say in that. According to the U.S. Embassy, the Georgia U.S. Embassy, here are other few responsibilities of the vice president. They lead commissions and other efforts on particular topics as a way for the president to show focus on that area. This is most relevant to her speaking out on the Florida issue. They travel abroad, especially when the president isn't ready to commit to some sort of deal with another country, but wants to send a high-level emissary. They serve as advisors whose loyalties are clearly to the president and not other groups. Whitehouse.gov also specifies each vice president approaches the role differently. Some take on a specific policy portfolio. Others simply um, serve as a top advisor to the president. So as we talk about her relation to the issues in Florida, we have to think about what little power she actually has to impact that. So her speaking up, her speaking up and saying something is about in as much as she can do like immediately, you know? I think we see this with a lot of people with platforms, especially black, not especially black, a lot of black people with platforms, which is we want to feel represented by them. And and for a lot Mm -hmm. of people, that's a hard stop. Mm -hmm. Because I think I said on this platform before, there's not a lot of spots for us. And so I think for us, when we look at, again, as a byproduct of, I mean, high-key slavery, but like as a byproduct of the ways in which we've been treated in this country, mm-hmm. we don't have a lot of people in action in, in those ways. We think about the, even the black president, we have one out of how many. And so I think when we think about these roles, people don't even care about what the physical role or the, or the, or the functions of a vice president is. I want to feel represented by her at all times because mm-hmm. she, she holds the, the torch of blackness in my, in, for me, right, and at the highest platform I can think of. And so 
again, it's not so much about what she's doing. It's like, I need to feel heard when she speaks. I need to feel seen when she walks. I need to feel, you know what I'm saying? And so it becomes this really interesting space of how we just police, not even necessarily her duties. I think we're policing her, like, her disposition, her mannerism, her her, her energy. I often feels like, even with the quotes, like, you know, oh, she ain't talking like, she don't sound like, I thought she was from, then she go to HBCU, did it. Like, you're policing her behavior opposed to her actual role often, as I see on social. You know what I'm saying? So I think it becomes like, again, we police how we feel represented by black people in large part because you kind of are holding kind of like how we do in, in social spaces, spaces now on a smaller level right like they make us look bad with these slides on in walmart or, or what they money was about the little um mm, the, the bonnets. bonnets and you know because again we don't have a lot of advocacy in that way so when, when any of us leaves it's not just a person who reacted it's a black person who reacted and so i need to feel like within your black experience is reflecting mine or what i hope mine could be and that's the really gotcha gotcha. A lot of people aren't even doing half of what these black people who have platforms are doing. But again, kind of like the drug dealer in a neighborhood with, with a kid who's smart. Mm-hmm. Everybody, you, I'm going to keep selling my drugs, but you don't mm-hmm. sell yours. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Because I'm, I'm kind of clocked out. I'm going to keep doing my thing. But I need somebody to leave this space and represent me in a way that can contribute to my well-being, my trajectory, and the things. And it becomes very, very difficult. Because also, she's part of a system that's not really here for her. You're part of a system that is not saying, oh, come on, come on, bring your black self in here and let's have a great old day. Like, that's just not what is going on. So, like, withholding space for the fact she's also functioning amongst whiteness for forever, amongst white men, amongst cis hit men who probably aren't the most affirmed. You know, all those kind of things that she's carrying. But, again, I'm forget all that. I need to feel represented by you, sis, at all times. So, it was cute when you went to Howard. It was cute when you was at AKA. But you ain't really showing that good? Never mind, girl. Or you ain't really da 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 Never mind, girl. It becomes those things. And it's just like, I can imagine how difficult it could be for her to speak up on, on things because you're damned if you do and kind of damned if you don't. Like, what is this? I mean. <laughs> but there's also an expectation that black Americans have about what our lives will look like once black people are in office. And when yeah. our lives don't start to look like that, we get mad at them as if they are supposed to get in a seat and magically just rig the system and delete all the codes and undo all the things. And now we get more jobs. We get to be a part in more rooms that we wanted to be. And we, you know, get less taxes. Like we just like the system is now broken. And it's like, well, y'all in the house, why y'all not debunking the system? And it doesn't work like that. Do you think her femininity, and I'm trying to make this clear, uh, Never mind. No, no, I need it, go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, because I'm, I'm trying to make a correlation to other politicians who are women. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the My sis in Chicago, I forgot her name. Um, um, Jasmine Crockett. Stacey Abrams, like people who we have not attributed to um, this feminine prowess or this or this whatever, like that we have made the girly a, girl, the girl, right? Like I think, like I wonder if that plays a part because it, like being more soft, it makes it easier or being for, lighter, more palatable. I, know, I almost lied. I was gonna <laughs> say it makes it it makes her an easier target, but it is not because people are going to target whoever they want to yeah. target, just like how we spoke earlier in the episode about. Lene's therapist against Stacey Abrams. You know what I'm saying? So people are going to say the things and have the criticism because the bottom line is you didn't get in there and do what you needed to do. Even though I don't even know what you do. You just, it don't look like what it should, it don't feel like. Yeah. Nothing in my bank account has changed. Nothing for my kids has changed. We are not, I don't see the whole white house being the black house. Like these unrealistic expectations that we have 
I don't even think we have real, some of us don't have real things that we want these people to do. We just want to see some. Does that mm-hmm. also contribute to lack of voting? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, it's a... So, if you've ever been in a relationship with someone or any type of relationship, whether it's romantic, whether it's a friend relationship, the unless this person is just not for you, um, hates you, um, has no care for you in the world, does not want you to be healthy, the things you want from them or the lack you feel from them is often informed by a lack they feel from you. And mm-hmm. so there's often this cyclical relationship of we're both upset with one another and mm-hmm. we're not getting what we want. It's because we fail to meet the needs of the other person. And I feel like that's what happens when it comes to voting. Like politicians continue to tell us what they need from the voting constituency and how to show up. And then when we show up and we get what we get out of that particular showing of showing up, there's still a lack of expectation that's not being met. And we said, well, we thought this is what we needed to do. You told us what we needed to do, but we're still not getting what we need. And so now we don't even want to show up anymore. And now politicians that were on our side see seats being filled with their adversaries and their enemies, and are like, y'all, we need you to show up. And we're like, well, we showed up, and we don't want to show up no more. So I think that's what's happening for sure. Um, And I think you make a big point that at this point in time, we don't even really know much of what we're asking for. We know we want change. We know we have such wide swaths of change that needs to be enacted, but we don't know where to start. And we just find a target to dump it all on if they're not making sure it happens. And so what's weird to me, not even what's weird to me, what stuck out most to me is that anyone taking her reaction to this bill in Florida as performative just want something to be mad about because why wouldn't a black VP be upset about that? And not just a black VP, she's also Asian, she's also Caribbean, like why wouldn't she respond in that way? And quite honestly, I was surprised to see her respond this way about something that is so racially centered. It's one thing to get up and talk big talk about three uh, members of the House of Representatives being expelled in a way that's completely, like obviously, um, departure from the way things are typically done, yes. from the way things are supposed to be done, is one thing to talk about something that can be rooted in policy, but to talk about something that's rooted in race and get up there and be upset about it, like, why aren't you happy about that? And the reason they're not happy about that is because we were given reason to believe or holes are poked into the story and the lore of a black female vice president early on to make us have less faith in her and for us to be less of a united front. You want us to say something? Um, and when I had the opportunity to interview interview her, I did a lot of research myself because I was like, well, you know, <laughs> I know my audience is going to want to have answers to these questions. And y'all, if you just read, if you do the research on her lineage and her story and her journey through politics, there's a lot of information that you can pull from to say, okay, this person may very well have been able to evolve from this place. She came up in the area of law. I don't know what to call it, but legality, whatever. (laughs) She came up in this, um, y'all, what is it? Like she wasn't necessarily a politician at first, but she was a lawyer. She was, what is the word? For what? 
Like not quite a politician. The, the industry, the field. Anyways. The legal field. Okay, sure, fine. Here we go. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> the the legal field. She was in that field, um, and she came up during the area, the era of the war on drugs, the war on crime. And this is what's happening all around her on both sides of the table. And so there's only so she, there's going to be something that she has to buy into at that point. So, yes, Harris was California's attorney general from 2011 to 2017. And during that time, she oversaw roughly 2000 marijuana convictions. And when when we say oversaw, this is the thing. People can give rightful critique to her legacy and her time spent in office and the things that were associated with her, but we have to use the verbiage clearly in order to paint a clear picture because as attorney general, you're not in every courtroom. Mm-hmm. You're like when you when someone says oversaw, that means things happen during your tenure. Correct. So that's number one. Um, and then number two, a lot of the people that were convicted during this time did not serve jail time under her tenure because that was her thing. In 2017, on the end of her time as attorney general, she actually advocated for the decriminalization of marijuana and eventually legalization in California. So yes, it's a complicated history, but as I said, coming from a time where you had to be in the mix of the war on crime, war on drugs, these are things that were going to happen regardless. It's how you spend your time in the rooms. And this is where the argument of the Malcolms versus Martin, do I shake the table, do I flip the, to- flip the table over, or do I get a seat at it? Mm. Everybody has their role. And hers was painted to be this person that's just gonna play, 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 and like sit behind and be a part of the system, when in fact, she was actually trying to make change mm-hmm. during her time when she was there. And then I also got an opportunity to see some of the things that played into her childhood. And when I saw things like she was on buses that were used to integrate schools, her parents used to take her to Black Panther um, breakfasts and things like that. Um, for her to be so involved in and around the civil rights movement as a youth, it's really unfair to paint her as someone who is just like playing into the system and now trying to capitalize off black emotions and black votes. That's super unfair. And we really have to do better at humanizing the people that we put in office and giving them an opportunity to be human. Like, yes, there's room to be a professional, but when someone is literally showing up for us in a way, Y'all, Joe just fell down. Joe be forgetting what he's saying. Nobody's saying that these are the people for the job necessarily, but we we can't negate the things that make them useful. Not even just useful, but things that make them worthy for their positions. Or like just the ways they even try to show up. And I just feel like it's really counterproductive for us to be so hinged on the negative like yes give critique but like but where is where is the support where we're not holding hands right now we're not holding hands right now we're pushing folks into the office and then taking our hands off the pot like that's all we got to do we we don't have nobody perfect we don't have anyone right now i think stacy should run for president that's me personally i think mm-hmm. stacy should run i don't know who should run with her but i've not seen a capable person be brought to the plate a fully capable, a well-rounded person be brought to the plate, you know, so. I think it's hard to actualize desires that we don't really know how to communicate. Mm -hmm. You were talking about that earlier, like, Mm -hmm. what are we asking for? But it's hard to communicate what we're truly asking for. I think think for most marginalized people, it's hard to communicate what you're asking for because essentially you're asking me to clean up a mess I didn't make. Mm -hmm. And so I don't, Really, I don't. How'd you make the mess? Like, let, let, let's go back to the drawing board. Like, what does that look like, and how do I undo that? I don't know. And I think for so many, so many of us, 
again, voter suppression, all that stuff, I think, plays a part in lack thereof of voting and all the things because people feel like, I don't even know outside of behavioral things what I truly want. I want to be treated better. Mm-hmm. I want to not be looked at as, I don't want to be othered as often as I'm othered. I want to feel safe in this mm-hmm. country. Like, what does that look like in practice? Again, people don't really know, but I think it's, but I think in the same regard, they're holding people accountable to make that happen. And it's like, I don't know how to communicate it, but read my mind a little bit and do it. You get what I'm trying to say, girl. Do it. I don't know what I'm saying, but do it. You get it. And it's, it's kind of hard to, to maneuver in that way. So and what are some ways we think, mm-hmm. what are some ways we think we can help remedy that? Like as a community, what do we need? What are the resources? Because yes, yeah. we need literally everybody to get their ass up and go vote. But mm-hmm. what happens past that? There has to be, so someone who's doing a really great <laughs> job of this um, mm, I hope I don't forget her last name, Latasha. She's the founder of Black Voters Matter. Um, you've probably seen her van around town. Um, Latasha, it will come to me. Mm-hmm. But um, someone like that who recognized, okay, voting is a problem in my community. Let me go ahead and um, start a small thing and create awareness for it, pay attention to what's going on and focus in and make sure that older voters, younger voters, um, people are just paying attention to voting. Um, she was able to get a lot of support on that and do something in her community. Brown, her last name is Brown. Thank you, mm-hmm. Latasha Brown. Um, so something that I feel like that looks at like for us, um, this is the era of entrepreneurship. A lot of us are reading information, we're learning skills, we're immersing ourselves in processes that teach us how to do things that could be valuable to our community. And I think it's important for us because also for those of you who don't know, um, if you do have a for-profit business, you can create a nonprofit sector in your business. I think that it's the time for us to start doing things even if it's a small thing in our community that gives some kind of education to our people. A lo- the biggest thing is a lot of our people do not understand what our government does, what the different parts are about, and what they can do for us. How can I ask for a thing if I don't know how to phrase the question or if I don't know who to ask it to? We really, really are craving that information right now because if I'm in a school um, and I'm asking the principal, you know, I really just don't like how them yearbook pictures are coming out. They just keep coming out janky every single time. I just really need these, like, I really want these yearbook pictures to come out real crispy this time. And I'm thinking we do like a little theme where we add to this. And I actually know a photographer, like you got a lot of good information and you have a valid claim, but you're going to somebody that can only, okay, girl, I get it. And I do hear you and I feel you, but I don't, that's not what I do. Um, so yeah, I think the first step is us paying attention to what resources we have the skills to provide to even small, small communities. I'm talking about, have you been to your son's school lately? Mm-hmm. Is there a community service project that you can do at your job? Something, it's it's those small steps that allow us to have a little bit more information. And with that more information, we can really put some action into play. So, yeah, I think, you know, I'm all about, I, I think we just need better people so I'm, I, I think we need to teach people how to be better mm-hmm. early on in life. 
You said raise the kids better. Well, mm. yeah. I mean, I think. I mean, I would love to see a psychology class in grade school. I would mm. love that. Like uh. teach people about behaviors to so understand what care is and what be- mm-hmm. what behavior is and what like they're thinking. Because I think so many of us don't really understand how to be good people. And when you're not a good person, passing laws and bills and putting practices in, in the play, but they're in the hands of a person who's not a quality person in my mind, especially behaviorally or emotionally. That I think we're just screwed because a lot of these, in my, in my mind, issues are just mean, and I don't think people are seeing seeing them that way. I think they don't see them that way because people don't understand their emotions. Right. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. when I said, we see all the obvious. It's, it, forget it being, you know, prejudice, whatever. It's mean, mm-hmm. and, and I don't know that we want to be a mean society. And so I think for me, I think what I've always talked about because I'm I'm so interested in the emotions and the behavior of people. Like I I just think I would love to see an environment where we taught people how to be better people, and I think better people will make better choices. But again, we're having people who are looking at people as numbers or as commodities or as fractions to be worked or whatever that looks like. It's not going to maneuver society in a way that makes sense. And I think as, as long as we also create people that caters to the way society is and not the way society could be, we're going to keep being in the same cycle. And I think we find ourselves preparing people to live in the society as it is. Mm-hmm. And the society as it is sucks. Mm-hmm. And so, like, forget that. Like, we'll let that go. Let's figure out how we can create a better society and what needs to happen for that. Because, again, we're trying to, like, Okay, the outfit's hideous, okay? Maybe if we make the shirt a crop, no. The whole outfit <laughs> needs to go. It just needs to yeah. go. Mm-hmm. But That's I love what you said. I'm going to make this short, too. Yeah. Because I've been having a lot of anxiety about what has been going on with what they want to teach these babies in the school. Because I got babies in the school. Mm-hmm. And I, it just, as you said that, I'm like, hold on. While there are not psychology classes in the school right now, mm-hmm. what I have observed with the children today that is different than the children before, mm-hmm. they do care. Mm-hmm. They ask questions. They are educating themselves. They be looking at their parents like, y'all really don't know nothing. Like, they're real. the babies are, are, I'm just so impressed by them. And I say that to say, I know that these laws are being passed and this is the way that they want to do the schools thing and whatever they want to teach that slaves were benefiting from slavery and good for the Negroes. I get it, but I have a dream. I have a very deep vision that there is a possibility that these babies, (laughs) these babies are not going to accept all of that in the way, like it's not going to play out the way you think it's going to play out because Regardless, these are people that are that do recognize. Well, even children are recognizing when they learn the information. Damn, they was doing what back then? Okay, so then then play. Okay, so this was this was wrong. This wasn't cool. Well, how does that make you feel? They're actually having these type of conversations at very young ages that we were not having before. So we got to give our future a little bit of credit because mm-hmm. it feels like back then for them. Yeah. Because they, I think what we don't understand is like things have changed in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. So we have the opportunity at walking in those changes, but it, it changed in our lifetime. It's not changing in the, the lifetime. That's what it is in their lifetime. Correct. Like these people now were born with with gay marriage being legal. You were Correct. born with that reality for yourself. So mm-hmm. it's not foreign to you. It was legalized in 2015, which is a couple years ago. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like likewise to all these rights yeah. that we have, likewise to our parents, which is why they old school selves need to go ahead and not saying die, <laughs> live. <laughs> But what? I'm just saying, a lot of their thinking is so problematic because Correct. because they were around pre the changes, pre cell phones, pre social media, pre the things. So they had these opinions about y'all ain't doing no work, and I was I walked three thousand miles to go to school, like all that kind of stuff. But it's like these people now are saying like, mm-hmm. I was born into social media. That's a reality for me. I was born into things not being that crazy. That's a reality. Like you know what I'm saying? They're seeing themselves back to representation. They're seeing themselves. Correct. And I think mm. to your point, 
giving them credit is necessary in this moment because you're right. Like we might be able to see it. I'm just warning you, it's going to be clouded by the lack thereof of opportunity to walk into. So yes, you have a different heart, but then where do you, where do you, where are you going? Who's creating the spit? Not no pun intended. Who's creating the space mm-hmm. for you to like walk into like what it means to be self and be free in self and also like but still aspire to have traditional job structure while being the new version of human that we're seeing kind of happen you know what i mean like our president in 30 years may have tattoos or Mm -hmm. whatever whatever that looks like i love that i'd love that i just like if our president had like a sleeve (laughs) that means a lot of people are okay and I, want, mm-hmm. and I want a box. And I want yeah. a shadow. I want a shadow fade. I want a shadow fade. Yeah. On the press. I want a shadow fade. Did y'all see that meme where they put the fade on Obama? I was with it. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I was there. It was not. At a park. <laughs> because think about it. Like, we're sitting here stressing about these things. The babies are like, okay, AI, social media. Like, I'm trying to figure out how to make my own app. You know, Zuckerberg, Elon. Like, there's a lot going on. They don't care about the lies that they're being told. They know that it's not. Like, you're going to sit there and tell me that slavery was good for me. Yeah. Come on. So I think, yes, yes, yes. Um, But something we need to start doing back on the programs that everybody's watching is, all right, guys, before we leave, you know, we're going to do this segment. Let's give updates. Let's give, like, information. Like, let's make it a part of this is where the conversation between what creators and celebrities are responsible for this these are ways i think we can actually empower our communities because if you think back to the 90s what they were doing after school specials whether there was that one episode of a different world that might not be appropriate for younger viewers parental whatever advice like we need to get back to a lot of that and just like pulling attention whether it's i think snl does a good job of like being comical about things but like Let's get down to the nitty gritty. Let's stop taking sides. Like there are plenty of people who want to spend money, who have money that are down for the same things that you're down for. Mm. So like, let's also be careful of where we're accepting money that can then determine how much we can run our mouths about things. But like, let's do, because the work is being done on the other side. It just so happens that all of them motherfuckers watch Fox News. So they're giving all the information. They're doing it smart. So we need to figure out what ours is. I don't don't think they bring in 106 and Park back. Put a segment on the Terrell show. Hell, I'm thinking of a YouTube show, my damn self, that mm-hmm. is just about nuance and breaking things down. Um, but yeah, I think that would be very helpful if we started doing some things like that. Mm-hmm. Agreed. But um, yeah, there's there's so much more to be said, and like, I wish we could like get into all of the things that are there. But um, I don't know. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. Hide your husband too, because they trying to take everybody out here. Is there a high? Is there a heart in the house tonight? Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. (laughs) This is this part for me.